Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. We often hear stories about incidents of, um, well, homophobic attacks that happen in this country. There Many, many times we spoke about it here on the programme and calls for change and how things could be that little bit different. But beyond the incidents and the attacks that we do hear about, how safe do the gay community feel in Ireland? in Dublin, in our capital city and in every other county in the country. And I was thinking about this because I saw a story from a guy called Kieran. He talked about his experience. He went on a first date with a lovely guy um, and he said it was scuppered at the end a little because of fears that Kieran had. And Kieran is with us today on the show. Kieran, tell us about the worry that you had at the end of that date. How's it going? Um, yeah, it was um, it was kind of disappointing that the date went so well, and then just at the end, where like you know, went for an old peck on the cheek um, outside City Hall there in Dublin, and um, I just had to balk at it and I had to kind of say to him that I just can't. I just feel I just don't feel uncomfortable. I don't feel very comfortable, and uh, and, I, and I said the word. I'd be worried someone might bottle us, you know, and I blurted it out, and of course he was fine about it and everything else, but it, I was kind of picking myself all the way home thinking did I overreact or something like that um, but I, 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 it was just this gut the reaction that I had in terms of that my, my safety might be compromised by doing something like that even if something is very simple mm. as uh, giving someone just a peck on the cheek and uh, I just realised I, I it kind of had kind of seeped into me and I just realised I wasn't comfortable or I didn't feel safe you know who was around me was it you know Temple Bar of course is quite busy with stags you know would some fellas jeer or do something worse so it, it just kind of clamped up on me and uh, I kind of regretted it because, you know, it's something so small. Uh, you know, I should be able to, to do this in yeah. our capital city and everything else. But just this this fear for my own safety and for him, of course, kind of just kind of flared up. And I just had to kind of like, you know, <laughs> do just be very awkward at the end of the day saying, sorry, I can't do that. I, I don't want to get bottled. And we had to go away home in our separate ways. But isn't it incredible, though, Kieran? And and like, I, you know, I've talked to many, many people in who've had experiences of this. Um, mm. You talked about Temple Bar, you know, other parts of Dublin City Centre where, where effectively this very scenario that you have, your fear that you outline today in the programme, that that is something, it's happened to people, it's happened to people qu- quite recently, um, mm. you know, within the past past 12 months. Have you ever experienced anything like that yourself before that you... No, I I haven't. No, no, I know friends who have who've experienced this and, um, you know, and of course, and particularly this year from what happened in, in Sligo in April and there's been other instances uh, throughout this year, um, these do resonate um, with queer people in, in Ireland and even just the, the shooting club queue uh, just last weekend and of course everything to do with uh, Qatar and everything else. These things, they do filter down and sit within you when where you kind of, you have to kind of, uh, you have to kind of scope out, you know, you know, can I do this here? Can I, you know, peck some of the cheek? Can I hold someone's hand? Hold can someone's I, can hand, I, just, can yeah. I just, can I just do this very simple thing, which straight people, and I'm, I, when I sit and think about it, I, it, it really, um, I, I get very jealous of straight people where, you know, you guys don't have to worry about this. You don't have to worry about, you know, am I safe to hold my partner's hand in the, in, in, in my hometown, in my streets, in, 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 my city, while for queer people, and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm white, I'm cis, I'm cis, you know, um, you know, I'm not, you know, you know, drawing attention to myself, you know, uh, you know, but what, you know, what happens if I was like, you know, trans or someone of color, you know, that isn't the case. So it's something that um, I've never experienced, but you know, we, 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 uh, within the queer, queer 
community. We we see these things happen. We see mm-hmm. these things being re- reported, and we can't help but react to them. And I reacted by just not wanting to kiss yeah. some fella on on the cheek. And out of curiosity, Kieran, how did he react when you said, "Listen, I won't," because I, I you know I, I'm I'm fe- I'm fearful of being bottled. Mm-hmm. Um, he was very un- understanding. He kind of was like, you know, oh, okay. Um, um, but I think, I, I suppose he was a bit dis- disappointed maybe that I didn't, yeah. you know, want to go for the yeah. kiss, which is just maybe feel like daft when I think about it. But he, he responded very well. And listeners would be lovely to know whether that there was a second date planned. This might be dropping <laughs> the ball at the end. Yeah, good, good, good stuff. Um, Kieran, if you don't mind staying with us, because I mm-hmm. mentioned we were going to talk about this and a few other callers have got in touch, actually, you know, off the back of your experience. Adam is with us on the line as well. Adam, have you experienced something similar to this? Yeah, Andrea, and, th- and thanks for having me on. I suppose my heart really goes out to Karen because I don't think there's any gay person in any town or village or city across the country who hasn't had kind of the same, you know, second guessing themselves kind of uh, situation, you know, when they're walking either after a date or with a partner on the street or sometimes even in clubs or in pubs. And, you know, you might be absentmindedly holding each other's hand and then suddenly you just think, oh God, no, I shouldn't be doing this. Who's around me? You know, uh, what what might they do? Who might be looking? And, and you know, how might they feel about this? Um, and so I think everyone's had that same experience. Um, a lot of it comes from uh, the actual lived experience of having felt that homophobia. I mean, I have lived in Dublin City Centre now all my adult life. I moved up here when I was in my late teens. And, you know, I have, it is literally countless the number of times that, say, I've been stood at a pedestrian crossing or stood at a traffic light, maybe after coming out of a gay bar or anything else, that, you know, a, a, a group of young lads, they might walk by and call you, you know, a fag or something else, or they might roll down the window of a car and scream at you. And it just, it, it really, it, it plays on your own self-confidence. And mm. that's actually the worst part of it. it. It makes you second guess yourself constantly. What can I do that people won't recognize me? Can I, you know, butch up my voice can I you know finally even you know getting the call here the first thing I thought thought about before answering the phone and, and speaking to you is you know what's my voice going to sound like do I need to butch it up how can I walk straight or how can I dress so nondescriptly that nobody will know how do I you know what kind of group am I walking with am I walking with other gay people am I walking with straight friends am I walking in or out of gay bars you start to second guess absolutely everything and that's everything. what really really plays on your own self-confidence absolutely and, and Adam like has it has it got worse I mean you know I, I would have thought that it was a, Dublin Ireland was a much more accepting place in in recent years but it doesn't sound it I, I, I think there's there's no doubt that it hasn't it hasn't really gotten worse I don't I don't think it has gotten worse but I do think there's also kind of a perception sometimes that, you know, homophobia in Ireland died with marriage equality. Mm. And that really wasn't the case. You know, there was still, there is still a lot of ignorance out there. And I mean that in the most kind of genuine way, not in a bad way. There's people who just don't know about gay people, about how we live our lives and and everything else. And so there's a lot of kind of that, that prejudice, that fear, that misplaced fear about gay people. You know, I mean, I'll just, I'll give, I'll give an example. Only a few months ago, I was on, um, crossing actually very near Temple Bar and I had someone shout at the window of me. Um, I was coming from a gay bar, I should say. And I had someone shout at the window at me of their car, the young girl with the young guy shout out, um, was I going from, was I coming after getting monkeypox? Which is, as people will know, is something that, you know, affects um, in the predominance gay people. But it's something that, you know, it's, it's just such an ignorant thing to say, but it comes from a lack of knowledge. It comes from a lack yeah. of understanding. Um, yeah. Would you agree with that, Kieran, as well about that? You know that that prejudice that's still there. 
It is, yeah. Like with marriage equality, I think in 2015, I think some people thought, you know, mission accomplished. So that's that. Done. No, it's all done. Yeah. Yeah. Don't have to worry about it now anymore. But you realise these things are a continuous thing in terms of equality, educating people, the next generation, uh, as um, Adam was saying, you know, other people maybe who just, you know, aren't aware of how queer people live and everything else. So it's a continuous process. And there's one example I can cite. There's a great uh, volunteer group called Shout Out. They do great work in terms of going to school mm. and just talking about sexuality in terms of what it is and the variances and, you know, famous, you know, um, actors or celebrities that are also of different uh, sexualities. So it's like an ongoing process. And, uh, and it's something that, like, you know, we can't just, you know, you know, park it, you know, that was it now in 2015, you know, let's move on. As queer people, we're very conscious that, like, it's not, uh, like that, as Adam was saying, you're, you're conscious of coming out bars, you're looking over your shoulder, am I dressed too gay when, like, you know, straight, you know, never has a straight person said, do I dress too straight? You know, yeah. to, you know worry about that while for gay totally people. Totally take it for granted. Yeah, just for our own safety, we have to kind of do that from time to time. Um. You're probably not surprised, Kieran, are you, to hear that there's there's more callers here now. I've Ellen, I've I've Stephen, uh, John too with us on the line. Like, I mean, it's probably no surprise to you, is it, that this, you know, that like even telling your story today, just really, you know, hits a nerve with people, and so many others have the same experience. Yeah, of course. Like you know, because it's such it's such a simple thing to want to to do these things out in public without fear or worrying about our safety. But unfortunately, it, it is the case. It's happening right now. It's going to happen this, this weekend when people like that come out of the George or Street Sixty Six or anywhere um, that's in a queer place in, uh, in in Dublin. You'll be one. You'll you'll often see leaving the nightclubs at closing time. You know, they're holding their hands of couples and stuff like that. But as soon as they set out in, into the open street, the hands let go. You have to kind of you know, you know come back into yourself to retreat, to not be yourself. And we shouldn't be able to do this. You know, we should be able to do it. Like any straight people, yeah. you know, hold their hands and do do whatever else around the city centre like that in the public. It's very sad, Adam, isn't it? In 2022. It is. It is very sad. Um, and, 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 and it, you, you know, you really have to think about even younger gay people who say are listening to this or people who haven't come out yet kind of do they think, oh, this is this is all ahead of me. You know, this is, this is what I'm going to... Uh, going to face. I really encourage people if they don't uh, kind of have a sense of, of what myself and Garen are talking about there if you actually go back, many people remember the famous um, noble call that Panty made um, in advance of the marriage equality referendum on the stage of Geishi and it's actually up on YouTube and she talks about this kind of thing about checking yourself at the pedestrian crossing, about what could I do to make myself safer and really you know in, in 2022 heading into 2023 in Ireland it shouldn't be about, it is not gay people's responsibility to make other people feel comfortable around us. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. And you're listening to Lunchtime Live with myself, Andrea Gilligan. We're going to continue with our conversation about homophobia, uh, something that has a long history in Ireland. It's something that's discussed extensively in the News Talk, the exclusive podcast Inside the Crime. The current second season examines the unsolved murder of Charles Self, a gay set designer from Orgie who was killed in his own home back in 1982. And our own courts correspondent, Frank Graney, delves deep into the investigation. Uh, was Charles murdered because he was gay? Was he targeted by a role? who used to pray in the gay community. Remember, this was a time when homosexuality was still illegal and there were also serious concerns that the Gardaí at the time were using the interviews to compile a gay dossier noting who was active within the community 
where they were meeting up, etc. as well. But the fourth episode released this morning, subscribe to Inside the Crime on the News Talk app, powered by Go Loud or wherever you get your podcasts and you'll get more exclusive content there too. Um, you can visit newstalk.com slash deeper inside the crime. Uh, Kieran and Adam were with us here on Lunchtime Live today to talk about um, incidents of, of homophobic attacks in Ireland, in Dublin, across the country. There's more and more listeners getting in touch with us. Ellen is on the line. Ellen, what's your experience? Hi, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've had generally as a as a bi person, I've had two experiences. I've had experiences with dating um, men where I generally don't have any fear about doing simple things like handholding or kissing. But then when I'm with women, I've definitely had times when I've been fearful for my safety, where I've adjusted my behaviour. Um, I think the fact that even in Dublin that we still have so many um, LGBTQ, like queer bars, is indicative of the fact that we still want to create spaces for ourselves away from um, other people who are out on a night out because we know that that's safer. And then when we leave those spaces, I know I've often been quite nervous walking home after a night out. I used to live in Dublin 8 and I'd walk home from town and coming out of of the George or Street 66, you would be very conscious of your surroundings and you would wonder, is it safe to hold this person's hand on the way home? Um, I've also had instances where I was just walking for the bus and a man decided to roll down his window and shout at me and and throw slurs at me aggressively and then he drove off. I think the problem in those situations, as well as the fear that you feel and the panic that you might feel in the moment, it's afterwards when you go to react where you're worried about what happens next. Yeah. Like if I if I push back and I call him out on that or and I tell him to stop, is that guy going to pull out, pull over and get out of his car? Is that person going to go to the next step? Because if they had enough incentive to just randomly shout at a person mm-hmm. as they walk for their bus. So you have to be con- constantly conscious of yourself. So and what I do you what do, Alan? Says, part, um... Like, you try not to be on a day-to-day basis. Like, I don't wake up in the morning and and start my day being like, right now, I have to be aware of the homophobia everywhere. But you do, when instances like that happen, certainly for days and weeks afterwards, you are carrying it with you. And I would, coming in and out, I mean, particularly after what's what's happened in spaces like Georgia Street over the last year, we've seen a number of attacks on trans members of the community. You know, you have to be conscious and safe and you're, you're, you're always coming up, well, well, I was always coming up with like a plan with a friend either to walk home with them or share a taxi with them or if, if you can't do that, you know, make sure you check in with people to make sure they get home safe. Um, and I think, you know, that's, that's something that a lot of us do and, and you do, you have that, that little edge. It's, it's often subconscious even, but you know it's there and it's just another layer of, concern or anxiety that you have to factor in to your life when you're when you're out and you're and you're you're living out but the alternative is not to live out you can't do that I think it was Adam mentioned just before the break there Alan like I suppose one of the big concerns for maybe a lot of young people you know coming up um, various different ages now maybe still in school maybe they haven't they haven't mm-hmm. you know come out or talk to their parents or, or whatever um, at this stage but Adam's fear was that like listening to you know your story today Kieran's story, Adam's experience, that, that this is actually now, it's a deterrent for people. You know, they're afraid to, to, to just be themselves. You know, I think, I think ultimately, like, like homophobia and the, and, 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 and the facing down of that as an adult or even as a teenager is always a disincentive. 
for people to come out. I mean, it's why I didn't come out when I was in secondary school. I didn't even come out until I was finished in college, even though I knew I was bi. And I think, you know, like that's that's a fear is a natural disincentive. But we, but the community itself aren't the creators of that fear. We live with that fear, which is foisted upon us by people who, for no good reason, find a reason to hate us and who we are. And I think that that's something that we need to, you know, homophobia isn't for the LGBTQ community to address. It's for the straight community to address. Mm -hmm. It's for people who have anger with us to address. And I think there's lots of ways that you can go about dealing with that, education in schools and open conversations. And I think things like marriage equality were really good for starting a lot of those conversations. But, but it's, it's not kind of done. Like the conversation ended after marriage quality. Yeah. Like, actually, no, that was that was a starting point, not an end point. Um, and it's really important to keep having those conversations. Eighteen hundred four five three one zero six is the number if you want to join us here in the program. Ellen Stephen is with us as well. Stephen is the founder of the Pink Foxes. Stephen, tell us why the Pink Foxes were set up. Hello, Andrea. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Um, the Pink Foxes is a small group of volunteers that have been training over the over the summertime uh, to go out on patrol in the uh, the queer spaces, the queer streets of Dublin, primarily Capel Street, uh, Parliament Street, Dame Street, and George's Street, and be a very visible symbol to our community, uh, a community that now has uh, uh, been living in a some sort of shadow of fear, the fear of violence against us, which this year has been atrocious. Um, there has been so many attacks that now the community itself is trying to protect itself and reassure itself. When we look to our policing body, when we look to our government, we see hand-wringing and lots of talk. Dublin City Council declaring Dublin City as an LGBT freedom zone. Well, they're just words. And so what does it really mean? It, it feels like Dublin is an LGBT-free zone at this stage. I mean, I had compiled a list of the, the violence and attacks, including Michael Snee and Aidan Moffat's brutal murders, but it's actually too long, really, to list off. I will say maybe the, the case of, of um, Charles Doherty, set designer in 1982, the same year Declan Flynn was brutally murdered in Fairview Park, just north of the city. There was a beautiful commemoration for his, his murder, his brutal murder, where he choked on his own blood uh, on his own blood, blocked his airway and was beaten to death with sticks. Um, we, we saw a much greater violence in the cases of Aidan Moffat and Michael Sneed. Both so have things, have, th- have things then, do you think, Stephen, like, this was one of the points that's been made, the points that's been made by a lot of the listeners today in the text line, is that, you know, like, people thought that after marriage equality, things would change and people would feel much more comfortable to be themselves and not to do like what Kieran did recently in this experience that he outlined today in the programme where, you know, he's simply just afraid to hold his partner's hand give his partner a kiss in the cheek, you know, you know, to do those things that a lot of people just take for granted over mm-hmm. the, the potential fear of what could happen. Of course, and that fear is very well founded just from what we've seen. Now, uh, something maybe we haven't mentioned is where has this change come from? You know, obviously there was quite a high and quite an endorsement of the queer community after marriage equality and the future looked bright. Now, I don't think it's an issue of complacency. I I think what has happened is uh, across the world, there has been uh, fears stoked and channeled by nefarious movements. 
the rise of the far right in America and across Europe, and it is happening here. A very small but very well-connected group of far-right-leaning people are are moving in the shadows and starting to be bold enough to step out of them in Dublin, in Ireland, and we're seeing this. The queer community, just like the trans community, migrants and women, we are the canaries in the coal mine. And when we are starting to suffer, it is telling what is coming down the line, a society that's losing its values. Kieran, we could. You're still with us, um, and you started this conversation here today in the program. And you know, we could, we could spend another hour talking about it because there's quite a no- number of people getting I- in touch with us. But is there any one thing you'd say to people today listening? You know, just I mean, what's your advice to people who who have experienced what you have, what Ellen, Stephen, Adam um, have all experienced, and they're they're afraid to talk about it, they're afraid to deal with it. I feel like the one thing is to like you know to reach out to your own you know, circular friends, be they queer or straight, and to kind of talk to them, explain to them your own kind of fears, you know, family, if that's possible, and everything else, because talking does help, just like today. And, I'm at the, and I think I would say then to people, you know, people outside the queer community, um, if they know someone who is, you know, you know, trans or bi or gay, whatever else, to like check in on them, you know, particularly after, um, in, in, uh, in April, after those two brutal murders, um, you know, uh, there was kind of an absence of kind of you know people checking in with me or seeing or seeing just how I felt. I had one friend who checked in with me from she was she texted me all the way from from New Zealand, um, but uh, and I appreciated it. So like yeah. that's one so message I would send to people: is reaching to check with your queer friends, reaching out with people. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Listen, Kieran, thank you for for getting in touch with us, for sharing your experience with us here today on Lunchtime Live. I really appreciate it to Ellen, Stephen, Adam there as well too. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.